Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 107 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer out of the home office, along with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, you can text us at any time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for 35 years. In this hour, from the Sports Corporation, he's got one of the largest agencies uh, in terms of uh, books in the National Hockey League. Jerry Johansson in 17 seconds time. And we will also be joined by Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. Uh, today, a day in which uh, 2016, the Edmonton Oilers, Pete Chiarelli traded Taylor Hall to New Jersey for Adam Larson in 2017. Unfortunately, this was the day that uh, the late, great Dave Semenko passed away uh, just before his 60th birthday. Uh, the man was an intimidating presence on the ice. He was a gentle giant off the ice, and he will be forever loved in uh, the Edmonton uh, community. All right, as planned, we're pleased to have uh, back on board with us, uh, joining us from the Sports Corporation, uh, one of the biggest agents in the entire National Hockey League, to get his thoughts on where we're at here, whether or not we're going to have an opportunity to move forward. Uh, Jerry Johansson. Jerry, how are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. You staying safe? Oh, yeah. I'm actually jumping on my first plane ride. I'm going to Vancouver today. So this is, uh, I'm usually traveling every, seems like every second day. So this will be a new experience, actually. Are they letting us in the province uh, in BC right now? Why? Well, they let me book the flight. I guess I'll know when I land. I'll phone you back if they don't let me in. So there's only one way to find out. Just go in there and see what they do. We went to Jasper on the uh, last weekend, and I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to drive to the BC border to see if there were any sites. You know, I haven't, I'm joking with people, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously, this, this whole pause, the whole pandemic, it has changed the complexion of pretty much everything. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA continue to meet. Jerry, how important is it for everybody that's got a vested interest in the game to have a collaborative approach to working on solutions instead of necessarily doing maybe what's best for themselves? Yeah, it is. It's hugely important. I, and I, you know, we think we talked about this when I was on before. Is that you know we're all in the same boat this time. You know, usually with lockouts and things of that nature, it's sort of us against them. But I think that there is an element of we're all in this together. So, you know, I, I think they're working that direction. It seems like it, you know, um, as best they can, given the fact that no one really knows what to expect in the big picture. How much concern 
is there with spiking numbers in the U.S. with uh, some of your players going back into, uh, you know, you've got uh, Brett Connolly as an example as a player of yours. Florida has had a dramatic increase in the raises, uh, the rises of COVID, including at the Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, three players were from the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in one of their skating sessions ended up uh, getting the virus. How much concern out, out there? Do you, do you find yourself fielding a lot of questions from your clients this time? Well, yeah, we, we've been talking to them pretty regularly, and I think that players are pretty much like any other slice of the population. I think certain players are probably more worried than others, you know, and some guys have young families and elderly parents and all kinds of stuff. So I think it's sort of the, it sort of probably matches up with what everybody's going through. But, but I mean, these guys, you know, more or less, they're buckled up and ready. I mean, they got called to action, so they're... You know they're going forward, and uh, hopefully, it sounds like they have a pretty thorough plan to test players and to you know and to take precautions, you know, and have a plan for dealing with positive tests. So you know, so far so good, but we haven't really even started yet. Yeah, uh, would, would would some of your players have hesitations going to a place like Vegas where they've had you know over thirty five hundred positive cases in the last week? Well, yeah, and you were telling me that about that Vegas has had a bit of a spike, and I and I think that you know obviously, you know the guys are going to go where where they need to be, um, and you just hope that you know the people in charge have got this thing you know figured out as best they can, uh, you know. So I think the guys have concerns for sure. Not not you know everything is sort of you know it's, we're in new territory, and you know I think again some of our guys are more concerned than others, but you know we're kind of keeping our fingers crossed here. Do you think the majority of your clients, Jerry, understand that Canada's carrying a lower caseload right now than the United States? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they understand that. And, uh, you know, and it, it sort of changes. You know, I think when they were making these plans, Vegas wasn't really on the on the map. And now, you know, it sounds like things are getting a little worse there. So, you know, everything in this in this uh, in time changes so fast. But uh, I know the guys, yeah, Canada, like you, we talked about Edmonton before being a great spot. You know, to host uh, host the teams, and uh, you know, and again, I mean, it's it's there's they got a lot of balls in the air, and these guys are making decisions, and I still don't know what they're for sure decided, but you know, it's uh, hopefully they've done their homework. Do you have to? I mean, you live you you live here, you grew up here, you played in the Western Hockey League, you've had the agency which has been based out of Edmonton for years. Do you have to educate players? on on what Edmonton is like because the perception is Jerry for some of the guys and I've I've had lots of guys say this to me over the years you know we used to fly in the airports a million miles away from downtown we'd come up 99th street into when when the team was playing out of uh, Northlands uh, out of Rexall place it's it's like Siberia on some days in the winter other days it's beautiful but you know, a lot of guys don't understand what it's like here during the summer. And I remember back to the 1995 draft year, a lot of the NHL personnel was like, oh, my God, it's beautiful here. Like, it's just yeah. incredible here. Um, do, you, do you at times have to, for, I mean, you get a lot of your guys from Western Canada, but you've also got part of the agency that's from Sweden and Finland as well. Um, how much how much education takes into a, a market like Edmonton? 
Yeah, you know, I selfishly, I've never had a problem with Edmonton with players. Like, again, like you say, most of our guys are from Western Canada, so they have zero issue playing here. And, and the guys we've had play here really like it, and they like Winnipeg, you know. So, um, and, and then, you know, again, most of our other players are, you know, Finnish or primarily Finnish or Swedish. So I don't know if you've been to Finland before, but it uh, it's not I... any warmer than Edmonton, I can tell you that. So, <laughs> you know, but guys, I, I, I've never had a problem with that. Even, even our guys when they're I mean I think you know depth charts and where the team's at that always you know weighs into consideration but I've never had a player and in fact I've got several high profile guys that would love to play here that actually want to play here you know I'm not sure that's possible just because of the the cap and everything else but I but I've had more by far more players say they want to play in Edmonton than they say they don't well, it helps now that they've got McDavid and Drysaddle as well. Is that not fair? I mean, when you got players of that caliber, guys gravitate. They want to be with the best. A hundred percent. And, I mean, obviously the team went through a bit of a tough stretch, but it seems to be right on track. And, and it's always been a good team, but just went through a little bit of a tough spot. And uh, I think they're going to be on a good team for a long time. So, And players want to be on good teams, you know. And uh, But I've had zero issue with them saying anything about playing in Edmonton. Uh, quite the opposite. Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation. He represents, amongst others, Carey Price, Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens, Milan Lucic of the Calgary Flames, Ryan Getzlaff of the uh, Anaheim Ducks, Colton Pareko of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, those are to name a few of the clients. And uh, you've got the entire Finnish wing, including Sebastian Ajo, now of, the Car- of course signed the RFA offer sheet with the Canadiens with the Carolina Hurricanes. 24 teams are going to play. But players from all 31 teams are going to vote on the return to play once they get everything pounded out. And part of that's tied to, um, you know, a potential memorandum of understanding on uh, a CBA extension. Jerry, is that fair? Is that fair to have players from teams that aren't playing vote that, you know, potentially affecting a vote for the 24 teams that are playing? I think I actually think it is because I think that they understand what the other guys are going through, and I think if you're going to have a fair vote, you sort of have to have everybody at the table. You know, I don't think excluding players from a big decision like that would be fair, and I think the guys understand it. You know, I think even though they're not playing, I think that they would they can they can pretty easily put themselves in the position of having to play. You know, and they're talking with each other, and obviously the PA's done a good job of keeping them in the loop about you know what they know. So I think it's actually fair. I think to have some integrity if you're going to make a vote you sort of have to have everybody there yeah uh can you explain to our listeners how frustrating of a situation escrow is for the players well escrow is a little tough yeah it, it wasn't at the beginning i remember the first year or two we the guys got checks back so they were like hey this escrow is not terrible <laughs> but now obviously it's uh you know and i think the bigger frustration is that you know the growth of the business is really solely on the league's shoulders and i think not saying this is true but you could certainly make an argument that escrow kind of disincentivizes the league from growing revenues aggressively you know and uh so that would be the only thing that uh and it's not fun we have a guaranteed contract to have you know 15 percent of your paycheck go away not that anybody's feeling sorry for NHL players. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people in tougher situations than them. But, uh, yeah, escrow is a big issue. And it's an issue for the team, too, because, you know, you want your players happy and you want them engaged. And this is a, this does create a bit of a rift. I think it's a system that needs to be tweaked. 
If they could uh, create a scenario, get, I mean, we're being pragmatic here with this pandemic, Jerry, moving forward. This is going to be tough next couple of years. I think we're going to be hard-pressed to get back to a, you know, uh, a five billion dollar business again, and we're at like an eighty one point five million dollar cap. Is eighty one five, eighty one five, eighty two five? Given the challenges that we're going to have, uh, is that is that fair? Starting in uh, you know late December twenty twenty one. Well, I think the only way through this is you have to take a longer approach. I mean, you have to think in a in a in a like you're talking a three year span, but even a five or a six year span is probably the way to look forward. I mean, we have to think that this is going to we're going to be out of this mess, you know, at some point. Uh, you mm-hmm. certainly have to plan for it, you know. So I think if the if 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 in their discussions they're looking at something that's longer term, I think there is a way to fix it and uh, and a way to finance it and all those other things. And I think that that's probably I don't know for sure, but I'm imagining that's what they're talking about. Um, and I think if they do that, there, there there's a solution there. Jerry, um, would the players be open to taking a little less if there was pandemic insurance paid for by each of the clubs? Like if it, you know what I mean. Like I'm just thinking. We now that we know the impact of this and how it, like, let's just say we don't get back to playing, and the business goes from a five billion dollar business down to a three point seven billion dollar business. In theory, that would you know that would cut team caps, salary caps from eighty one and a half million down to about sixty five million dollars. Uh, if there was a mechanism in place that was shared fairly. Uh, I don't even know if you could get pandemic coverage for a major professional sport, to be honest with you, Jerry. But would the players be open to a discussion point on that? Well, I, I agree with you. I don't think they could get pandemic insurance. I don't know who's given that right now. <laughs> it would be quite the business if you could. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, I think the solution is in a longer term. Because I think the owners are in position to, most of them anyway, or certainly as a group, they're in a position to take a, take a you know, a, a longer runway at this thing. And knowing that we're going to come out of it, uh, you know, I think that nobody's going to, I mean, if we have a problem three years from now, then we got a way bigger problem than what we're talking about now. So, you know, I do think the players are open to pretty much anything as long as it, there's a plan. And as long as it's a longer plan that they know that, you know, that the league's going to work hard to, you know, to grow the game and to, you know, do the things that they need to do to increase revenue. So, you know, I think the solution is in some kind of term. Yeah, absolutely. Jerry Johansson joining us from the Sports Corporation. Uh, you mentioned you're going to BC. We have an NHL draft. You've got. Uh, do you feel a bit bad for this draft class that maybe they're not getting a chance to experience some of the things that some of your kids in the past have? I do actually. I they're they're missing a really cool opportunity, and these poor some of our guys like Seth Jarvis. I don't know how many he's must have had three hundred Skype meetings already. I feel bad for the scouts too. To be fair, they're trying to do their job, and usually by this time they're you know kick back. You know they get a little time off, and they're now starting to think about next year. But this uh, the the anxiety, and not necessarily negative anxiety, just the anxiety that comes with the draft for everybody sort of lingers on and it's uh and it's not that fun but certainly for the players for a few of them too you know to be able to be at the draft and be at the combine and meet teams in person and all those things that sort of make the draft a reality you know you're seeing the people that you're been talking to or even hearing about and uh so yeah it's, it's sort of it's sort of brutal that they don't get that opportunity and it, and then this stretching it out now for a few more months it looks like is uh isn't all that fun either are you concerned about where, like you, you know, your the, the sports corporation represents kids like uh, 
uh, Luke Prokop, who is is going to have some interest from teams in rounds two for three, a six foot four right shot defenseman that played in Calgary that can really skate and's got tremendous upside. Uh, are, are are you concerned about where some of those you know what, what's going to happen with the league that you used to work in, the Western Hockey League? And I mean, they do have a return to play format in a perfect world. They like to get started October second, but has that got you a little bit nervous, or are you still thinking we've got a little bit of runway left here? I think I think we'll get it figured out. I think you know in this every month that goes by, things seem to change quite a bit. Um, but I'm not really worried about the players. I mean, I never our business model really isn't based on how high players get drafted or wherever. I mean, there's too many stories we've talked about it lots about you know, you know the all it really means the draft is what team what camp you're going to you know and that's another thing. I hope the kids get to go to camp. That would be good. But I'm not really concerned about that. I think the good players will play and. You know, I think um, you know it might it might shift expectations a little bit if 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 the guys are playing or not playing. Uh, I mean, if they do play, there might be scouts. There probably be scouts out there watching them before the draft again. So you know that could have an impact too. But uh, you know, I'm I'm not too concerned about that. I think that these teams know the players pretty well by now, and uh, and there's you know it's a it's a risk element when you're drafting anyway. So you know, I think our our players will be fine. Jerry, one final one for you. Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation. Jerry, you have a reputation for being a deal maker, not a guy that's adversarial in your approach and negotiations. Uh, some might say both ways can work, but is there something to be said for just sort of, uh, you know, being a because I, I mean I look at some of the deals you got and you got your clients some pretty good deals uh, you know you got Brent Seabrook you got Carey Price you got Milan Lucic a lot of people would say those are good deals for the player um, but does approach matter in terms of when you're dealing uh, or does it depend on the respective general managers as well because each guy's got a different personality a little bit of all that you know I, I think everybody and every I think every agent has a different personality obviously so they, everybody's little handles things differently but I guess what I've learned is that it's a you know it's a repeat business so you're dealing with the same people over and over again and really what you're trying to do is solve their problems too a lot of times you know so um, you know the teams are trying to win and teams are trying to fill their rosters and, and really we're probably if you think about it we have more of a collaborative relationship with the club than an adversarial one I mean sometimes we disagree for sure but generally a good deal for the player is generally a good deal for the team um, and then that changes because it's competitive. So, you know, you fast forward two or three years, you know, you reassess it. No different than a draft. You know, if you look three years back, you'd probably do the draft differently, you know. So, you know, I think our job, if you if you, if you keep your eyes on the ball, it's about trying to work with the clubs to, to create the right deal. And uh, it seems to be, it's worked for us for sure. Yeah, great stuff. Jerry, uh, have a safe trip to Vancouver. Text me when you land, okay? I will, Bob. Thank you very much. You bet. That is Jerry Johansson from the uh, Sports Corporation out of Edmonton. And there's a Western Canadian sensibility to, uh, to, to how he does things. And you know what? He gets good deals for his clients, and uh, that's just kind of the way it works. And, but he's got uh, – he's. you heard him say it. Everybody's going to have to work together in the league. And that, there's little debate. We will tell you here on – Oilers now. 
Uh, there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service, that's a key to every business, as we all know. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase, and they'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them at one 877 or go online at brentridge.com. It's 125 at Edmonton. We'll step out for two minutes. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It's 127 at Edmonton. We just had Jerry Johansson on, and, you know, sometimes you pick up on things. And a number of years ago, I'm going to go back about uh, 15 years, uh, there was a player out of the Western Hockey League. He'd finished third in the league in scoring that year, Ian McDonald. And uh, six foot three. His dad, Brian, was an Oilers draft choice in the WHA days. And he, instead of uh, signing an American League deal, uh, was uh, decided to come to the U of A to play for, uh, at that time, Eric Thurston, who had replaced Rob Dom as head coach. And about two, two I don't know, two months into the season, out of the blue, I get a call from Jerry. Uh, and normally we always talked about NHL stuff, and I go, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, how's Ian McDonald doing for the U of A? And this is when I was doing the drive show at the other station, and it dawned on me that he still cared about his players, even though they weren't making him any money. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I just think he's really grounded. Uh, Brendan, you just heard the conversation again. We've had Jerry in studio before. Uh, there's, there's lots of good agents out there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's, you know, you just get the warmth coming off the guy, which I'm sure really benefits him when it comes time to make a deal. But he's insightful and grounded at the same time. You know, he doesn't let his knowledge sort of supersede, uh, supersede the fact that he's you know, one of many cogs in the wheel that makes the league go round. And I think the players probably have a great appreciation for that. All right. Uh, 129 at Edmonton. Reed Wilkins coming up from Inside Sports. We're going to talk about where we were uh, four years ago, and for that matter, three years ago on this date. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.